Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. We begin our new month of uh, what God is doing in our church and our theme for our year is this is where amazing happens and this is a place of miracles. Man, I couldn't wait. When, when I drew this out, me and Pastor Jen, oh, which month would be where and the theme for each month. If you're new to our church, we do all our theme all in the fall, early August, September. Uh, so we know every theme, every month, every scripture. We already got it. So when we were writing out June, I was saying, oh, I can't wait till June. I had to get you on your way to heaven before I could get you to this, this spot. Do you get me? And so now that we're believing that there is a heaven prepared, I want you to understand God is wanting you to believe for while you're here, he's got miracles for you. Okay, five people in the whole church said amen. Do you hear what I just said? He's got miracles for you. A lot of times you don't get a miracle because you don't believe you're going to have a miracle. So hopefully this month I will do my job. Pastor Jen will be preaching this month as well. And we will do our job in communicating that you can have a miracle. And then we're not going to just communicate that. We are going to pray to that end. So at the end of this service, we will start this month and we will line up all of our leaders and they will stand up here and face forward towards you and we will begin to pray for miracles to happen in your life. I will say that in advance, that if any of our leaders, are, you're needing prayer for a miracle, you don't have to stand this way, you can stand this way and get prayer for that particular week. Okay? So I want you to know that in advance. Our Bible verse comes from Mark chapter 2, verse number 12. And our young people and that little buddy, they did a great job in reading the scripture to you today. He got up, took his mat, and walked. I mean, just start with that. He got up, took his mat, and walked. Out in full view of them all. This wasn't a secret miracle. This was a public miracle. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Mark chapter 2, verse number 12. I've entitled my month, I Believe in Miracles. But I have a subtitle that will go along with Each week, miracles are preceded by action. Okay? It's okay for you to believe, but you're going to have to do something. Can't just sit there saying, oh, yeah, I believe. But you're going to have to do some things. So hopefully this year, this month, I, this year and this month, I will teach you some of the action points that you will have to do. So I felt like in order for us, since this is our Bible verse for the month, that I should tell you this story from the Bible. Because we're going to talk about it for a whole month, so you might as well know the whole story from the get-go. 
the category in most of your Bibles says of Mark chapter 2, there's a little uh, in bold in most of your Bibles say these words. Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. That's what it says. So Mark chapter 2 verse number 1 says, A few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, Take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This month, we are going to talk about the place of miracles. Remember, our theme for the year is about the places. We will use this story as our springboard to help you understand how God desires that you not only believe in miracles, but that you receive miracles. So let me ask you, how many of you have ever received a miracle? Would you raise your hand? All right, look around the room. Hold your hand up just for a moment. Okay, that's almost every person in this room. There's a few that didn't raise their hand. Okay, you can put your hands down. But the majority of people in this room have received a miracle. How many has received more than one miracle? Would you raise your hand? It's almost the same number. Okay, put your hands down. So this should be an easy audience to speak this kind of a message to. And my audience around the world, I want you to understand that just because you're a long ways from Rome, Italy, The same God that's here is the same God that's going to show up in your place. I'm just going to tell you. So number one, it's this place. Miracles are preceded by action. 
in this place. It was, the city was called Capernaum. It was a city on the north side of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. This is where Jesus had selected Peter and Andrew and James and John to be his disciples. The very first disciples selected. Jesus walks in to this fishing village. Follow me, Pernum. He finds Peter. He says, come on, follow me. He finds Andrew. Come on, follow me. finds James and John. Come on, follow me. They left their nets and they left their jobs and started following Jesus. This is where Jesus had come often. If you read your Bible, there's a number of places throughout the New Testament that says Jesus was in Capernaum. And it was also and remained the homes of a number of his disciples. There was also in this particular city a synagogue. Not every city had a synagogue. And oftentimes Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. But this place was someone's home. Got a little bit more personal. Wasn't in the church. It was in the home. You'll get this by the end of this message. And Jesus was teaching there. He wasn't teaching in the synagogue that day. He was teaching in the home. And the place was filled to capacity. Filled. Now because of that, there was a problem. It's not like the problem we have. We, we have a way of just stacking people, <laughs> just keep bringing them in, keep bringing them in, and, and, and it seems to work out. But in this particular story, this place, this house was filled to capacity. He couldn't have got another person in there. And because of this, my second point is very clear. This was somebody else's home. Most of the people that showed up was visiting their home, his home. It wasn't, wasn't your home. It wasn't my home. It wasn't Jesus' home. It was somebody else's home. But Jesus was there, so they showed up because they wanted to hear Jesus talk. So this place becomes your place, number two. It's your place. Is that different from that guy's place? It may be small. Your house may be big. It may be by the sea. It may not be by the sea. It may be made out of stone. It may be made out of mud. It may be made out of block. But it's your house, your location. Today, most of you that's here in Rome, you live in Rome. Some of you live in a single apartment. 
where you share a room. Some of you are a part of a bigger house where you share the house with numbers of other people. Some of you are in camps. Some of you are in other living conditions, but it's your place. Most of you, if you took me there today, you could take me right there. Some of you, it's a bus, it's a train, a bus, and a whole lot of walking for me to find out where you lived. But it's not important that the pastor knows where you live. It's very important that God knows where you live. Did you hear what I just said? God doesn't just show up into this house. He can show up into your house. But today, I want you to completely understand, I've got five weeks to communicate one message. And I'm going to do my very best to make sure you understand that the God that created you is the God that can heal you. I say it all the time. If God can create you, he can fix you. Think about it. How many have ever been to a doctor? Please don't raise your hand because I have doctors in the room. <laughs> How many has ever been to a doctor and they didn't fix it? Don't raise your hand. Doctors get offended when they don't fix it. But that happens. You went there for a treatment and it didn't work. The doctor said you have this and they gave you this and that didn't work. Why'd you get so quiet? I said you didn't have to raise your hand. I hope you understand that when God gives you something, it will always work. I'm going to say that again. When God heals you, it will work. When God touches you, it will work. When God shows up to your place, it will work. Do you think God is so concerned with where as to where the place is as to where you are? Which one do you think God is more concerned with? Where you're at. He cares where you live. He cares where your house is. He cares where you are going. He knows. To me, I think the story is amazing. Those guys were not carrying a mat of their beloved friend to a house because it was a house. They were carrying the mat with their friends because Jesus was there. Will you watch this video with me? I want to give you 10 seconds to see it with your eyes. Ten seconds. 
Think it takes more than 10 seconds? All right, let's be tricky. Let's do it again. How many saw the mat coming through the roof? Only 10 of you saw the mat coming through the roof? How many saw Jesus picking up the man and him walking? Oh, everybody saw that part. To me, it's amazing what your eye can comprehend and your mind clicks into gear and says, this is what I saw. It wasn't about what we saw. It's about what do we believe. Those four friends, which I will spend a lot of time on the four friends this month, they knew that if they could get their friend to Jesus, everything was going to change. I'm going to tell you how it is, how real it is. Can you imagine right now in the middle of our church that all of a sudden you started hearing these loud noises? Boom, boom, boom. People start looking around. And all of a sudden you started seeing some of the roof above you, the ceiling, start to fall down. I guarantee you if it was like there in the middle of the church, you'd start running away. Something would be happening. The house was so filled with people that the friends came to the front door and it was so full, they said, we quit. We're not going to take our friend to Jesus. It's too crowded. No, 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 no. Those friends had to literally carry their friend up to a second floor by hand. Then dig a hole in the roof. I'm telling you that owner was probably ticked off. Those people are sitting there on the first floor looking up, what is happening to our roof? Then all of a sudden, this man is let down. I don't know what the guys on top of the roof did. If it was me, I would have put my head through the hole. Because I wanted to see what would happen. I believed enough to get him to the top of the roof. I believed enough to get him down through the roof. I'm going to believe that he's going to get up off that mat because I ain't strong enough to pick him up back up through that roof. I'm going to believe that God can do this miracle. Action. Action. Miracles are preceded by action. This story, this Bible story illustrates to us a whole lot of action. A whole lot of people that had to be involved to see this miracle come to place. But thirdly, it becomes his place. It's not really the building place. It's his place. His place is Jesus. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Why would you think I stood there for a little bit longer and let you understand every praise, that praise song that was going? Why did you think I was doing that? I wanted to make sure there was no doubt in this entire house that God was here in this room because God inhabits the praises of his people. And if we will just praise him, he will show up. Hear me. If he, we will praise 
Jesus, Jesus will show up. Hear me. Well, I don't feel like it. Still praise him. We don't do it in my culture. Well, I'm not talking about your culture. I'm talking about Jesus' culture. I'm talking about the Bible culture. The Bible culture says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. We are to praise the Lord. We don't get to say this because we don't do it in my hometown. I'm talking about his hometown today. I'm talking about his place. I have come into his house. Wow. And some of you are staring at me and saying, well, well, why is that guy all excited? I'm in the presence of Almighty God. Did you hear what I just said? God has showed up into this house. And when God shows up into his house, miracles happen. Whew. This is only week one. You get ready, get ready, get ready, because some good things are going to happen this month. Bible says God hears the prayers of his people. Prayer works. Prayer moves the hand of God. If my people pray, I'll show up. That's what God says. Some of you haven't figured that out yet. Prayer works. Pray. God responds to faith. Little faith or great faith, God still responds. God doesn't judge your faith and say, I, you know, they ain't got enough. Little faith moves God. And I teach it all the time. If little faith moves God, what will big faith do? <laughs> Think about it. If your little bit of faith the size of a grain of mustard seed would move God, <laughs> what would great faith? <laughs> the size of a boulder. What would that do? That's another message. The God that loves us abides with us. Do you hear what I just said? He's a, he doesn't distance himself from us. He doesn't absent himself from us. He abides with us. The Holy Spirit abides with us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit encourages us. You say, why would you shift now to the Holy Spirit? Because we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The action behind our prayers means that the Holy Spirit is coming to come to our situation. you got to believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You want an answer to your prayer? you got to pray. You want God to show up to do what you're praying about? Then you got to have faith to believe that God's going to answer your prayer. Hallelujah. God shows up exactly at the right time. How many would have liked the answer to the prayer yesterday? Okay, only five people in the whole church are honest. We all want the prayer happened yesterday. Some of us have to wait for a prayer. Wait for the answer to the prayer. You guys know my story. I waited a whole year for the tumor to come out of my head. And in any second... As I was preaching, wherever I was preaching in the world, at any second, that tumor could have taken one more chomp and I could have died. But every week I got up saying, I believe God for a miracle. I believe that God can take this tumor out of my head. The doctors couldn't do it. They stopped the surgery saying, we can't do this. He will die. I said, I'm not 
going to die. I'm going to believe that there is a God that's going to show up exactly at the right time and he's going to reach in my hand and he's going to pull that tumor out and I'm going to live and I'm going to come to Rome and I'm going to preach the gospel so the ends of the earth can hear there is a God that heals. Hallelujah to God. The doctors still look at my head scans and say, well, we see a little brain in there, but we don't see no tumor. Now, you may not be excited about that, but I can tell you my grandchildren are excited that my, their poppy's still living. My three daughters think it's amazing that their, their father's still living, and my wonderful wife thinks it's good that I'm still living. Hear me. It's his place. And if it's God, then God can do amazing things exactly at the right time. Trust that it's his time. Say, I prayed. Pray again. How many times should we pray? As many as you've got breath. I've been praying for a year. Pray for another year. I mean, look at all the Bible stories. We won't go into them all. But look at all the, all the Bible stories where somebody had to wait. The problem with us is we don't want to wait. We want God to have answered the prayer before we even got the prayer out of our mouth. Now, I know the only people that that paid attention to is the people on the camera. Because I know that couldn't be any of these people and wonderful people in Rome. You wouldn't think that God could answer the prayer just before you even thought about asking him. Listen, my friend, God knows your name. He knows every hair that's on top of your head. He knows your children. He knows your grandchildren. He knows your job. He knows your income. He knows your car. He knows everything about you. There's not one thing that God doesn't know. So it's time that we trust in the Lord our God and we can believe that if God can create us, he can fix us. The miracle that we are going to receive is what is going to happen on our side because we're going to demonstrate some action. We're going to demonstrate moving towards God. This this place, his place, is a place of healing. It's a place of answered prayer. You saw earlier in my beginning illustration where I had you raise your hand, have you ever received a miracle? Almost everybody in this room raised their hand. I was amazed, Pastor Jim, that many of them raised their hands the second time, that they had received more than one miracle. Say, well, I only get two? No. You can have a lifetime of miracles. What? Only just get two? No. Only get one? No. Mention Jesus. Heal me. Jesus. I need a miracle. Jesus. Answer my prayer. Jesus. At the mention of his name, he shows up. Hear me? Listen to me today. If you're wondering when you're going to get your answer, it's time you start asking. Action precedes miracles. It's a place of miracles. This month when we were praying prior last fall for this month, Pastor Jen and I were believing that this month we're going to see 
actual documented miracles take place in this house. People who have come to us and say, the doctor has said, we're going to see the answer to the prayer and the doctor is going to say, we can't find it. It is gone. Those of you that are watching around the world, your answer is about to happen. We're going to leave this live stream on a little bit longer today and you're going to hear some prayers, the prayers that's going to happen for you, whether you're in China or Afghanistan or whatever part of the planet you're on, we're going to believe for miracles from you. You say, you can do that from thousands of miles. The God that I'm preaching about is about to show up in your house, in your place, because he loves you so much. He cares for you so much. Hear me. Hear me, church, today. We got to have faith. We got to believe that this is a place because he's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. I couldn't wait. People ask me, how come you chose that song, Pastor? I couldn't wait to this month. Because I knew that when they heard Waymaker this month, there wasn't going to be about anybody doubt. That pastor chose that song, and every Sunday they sing the same song. Why are we going to sing the same song? Because he's the Waymaker. And when you need a miracle, a miracle will happen for you because you put some action before your miracle. So the big question today is, do you believe in miracles? It's up to you. I believe. I've had the miracle. I've had more than one miracle. Most of you know that last summer at the picnic... You know why all those people are laughing? Matter of fact, you guys on live stream just hold, hold, laugh later. Coonley, I thought on the way in today, I better make sure Coonley is at the picnic in case I need a ride to the hospital again. My wife says, you ain't doing any of them games this year. Last year, I was playing baseball. The whole church got to experience. We had a team here that taught us how to play baseball. And most of you had never swung a bat before in your life. It was the funniest thing on the planet. People were gathered around from all everywhere just watching a bunch of you swing a bat for the first time. And your pastor on the very last play and the last part dove and I caught this ball and my team won. But in the process of all of that, your pastor broke a number of his ribs, and he broke his sternum. So they took me, Mr. Coonley and others, because it took a few. But I was a hurting guy. I mean, you break your ribs and your sternum, you're hurting. And I tried to be as calm as possible, but I was hurting. I could hardly breathe. I definitely couldn't move. You can, I, I've got eyewitnesses to this account. And I, I, I've not seen any videos because I would have shot every, no, I mean, I, I, it, but your pastor was hurting. But I wanted to play. I wanted to be a participant in the game. And our team won. 
they laid me on those machines to take all those scans and do all those things. And, 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 and the, the trouble with this story is the fact that we had to get on an airplane and fly back to America for a conference we had to be at within a couple days. As I sat in that hospital room and I couldn't, I just, it was hard to breathe. And, and, and man, I, how in the world am I going to get on an airplane and fly? The doctors kept saying, you're not flying, you're not allowed to fly, this damage is too bad, you're not doing it. I said, listen, i got to go. And finally on the fourth day, they said, okay, you can go. So we get to America and we land and we go immediately to the hospital because that's what we agreed to do. We went immediately to the hospital with our scans, the, the x-rays and the MRIs and all that stuff in our hands and we went in to the hospital and we handed them. There just happened to be a doctor that specializes in my kind of condition that took those scans and she went into her little room, big hospital, huge hospital, and she went in her little room and she read and she comes flying out of her room and she yells for the nurses and the people, get him in a room, get IV in his, we're going to have to operate immediately. Seriously. And I'm sitting there saying, no, 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 <laughs> no, I've been in enough pain, we're not going to be doing this. <laughs> she says, listen, whatever doctor lets you get on an airplane with a cracked sternum is not good. We don't let that happen in America. Where did you fly from? I said, Italy. She says, ah. She said, you should not have got on an airplane. You could have died on the airplane. With that injury, it's bad. I said, well, I'm sorry. I did that. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. But we're not doing surgery right now. Would you at least do the scans again? Take a look. She said, well, we will, but why are we going to do that? I said, because I think, I think God may have touched me. And she looked at me like I just spoke Chinese. She spoke English, I spoke English. I know I wasn't speaking Italian. She's, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, but I know this is going to be bad. You're going to be operated on just a few moments. I said, listen, take the scans. Next thing I know, they put me in the machine. The scan takes its place and da 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 I mean, she made me sit in that room for a long time. I was ticked off. She comes walking in and she says, well, I can't find no broken sternum. I said, uh, I said, she said, what happened? So she held up the scans from Italy, and she held up the scans from America, and she says, this scan says broken sternum. This scan says no broken sternum. What happened between Rome and Italy, uh, from Rome and, and America? I said, God healed me. She says, well, I'm not sure all about that, but I know one thing. We didn't got to do no operation. And I said, yay, God. Now, listen, I believe that God could handle that. The MRI, the x-ray said one thing, but God's bigger than an x-ray and an MRI. The CAT scan said I had a big tumor in my head. You say, well, all that's happened to you, is that going to happen to me? Listen, the same God that took care of my tumor and my cracked sternum is the same God that can heal your disease. 
Same God. But you've got to put some action there. So, pastor, what action am I going to put there? In a moment, I will line up a bunch of people that know how to pray, and you're going to make a move to step out of your chair. That's how we end every one of our services anyhow. But you're going to get up out of your chair, and you're going to walk to the front of the room, and you're going to believe God to answer your prayer. Say, well, I didn't anticipate that today. Let me say, now you're about to anticipate it. Because you're one prayer away from a miracle. If you've watched this on live stream from all over the world, when I start praying here in a moment, I'm going to pray for a miracle for you. Listen, if God can heal somebody all the way in China today, and when that miracle happens around the world, Whatever you're at, I want you to send us an email response. You'll see it at the end of this, this feed. Send us an email. The doctor said, I had cancer. I no longer have cancer. I had this condition. I, no, I, want, to, I, want, I want to publicly read them to the world of these miracles. You say, you are saying that with so much confidence. The God I preach is very confident enough to handle your story, my story, everybody's story but it's going to take some action. It's going to take some belief on your part. You see, friend, the Lord Jesus can show up to a city called Capernaum. He can show up to Rome. If he can heal a lame man that's let down by his friends through a roof, He can heal you as you get up out of your chair to walk to the front of a room. Action. Prayer. Action. Believe. Action. Move. You'll find out God's quickly and able to respond. Quickly able. I mean, he, boom. Would you bow your heads? Lord Jesus, your word declares that you're the healing God. There's nothing you can't do. Lord, I've got some people that are watching all over the world today. I've got some people watching right here in Rome. They've been a participant in a service. Lord, I'm asking you for miracles for anyone. Anyone that believes. Thank you for listening. I pray that you heard from God today. Today I want to say a prayer with you. You need to make sure Christ lives in your life. So would you please say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing. Because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today, that you're going to have a life change. Things are going to be incredibly different for your life. And we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org, and make contact with us, 
I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. Bless you.